Tiffany. It's Isa. And I'm also Tiffany. And this is The Last Tiffany. And this is Tit Talks, a podcast for modern women living in a mama world. Welcome to the second episode of our new TikTok series, How She Built This. This spin-off series is meant to discuss the journey of building a business as a female entrepreneur. We at TikToks have inadvertently jumped onto this journey by building our podcast slash business. So we thought that these conversations that we're having with other females that are empowering and inspiring would also be something that our, our listeners would love as well. So today we are very excited to introduce Heather Eaton and Jane Dong of Frankly Apparel. If you haven't heard of Frankly Apparel, well, Heather and Jane read all of our minds. Do you know that feeling you get when you take your bra off at the end of the day? So just imagine there was no bra to take off. Imagine a world where there are clothing options that support you in a way that a bra does. So this is precisely what Frankly Apparel aims to bring to the market. And I don't want to steal your thunder too much, ladies, but you guys are truly creating a product for women everywhere. And we're so excited to hear about your journey. So with that said, welcome and hello. <laughs> and um, I want to kick it off to you guys to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, you know, feel free to pick who goes first. <laughs> sure. Um, thank you for having us. We're so excited to be on here with you guys. Um, and so yeah, so I'll introduce myself first quickly. So I'm Jane. I grew up in Fremont, California. I'm from a family of Chinese immigrants. Um, so I feel like a lot of my life I've spent doing what I thought my parents wanted me to do. And so, you know, a lot of that involved playing a college sport and like, you know, collecting lots of fancy degrees. Um, but I think now like what's super exciting about Frankly is that I'm working on something that I really believe in and I feel super strongly about. And I'm so lucky to have met um, my co-founder Heather while I was in business school. Wonderful. Well, hi everyone. I'm Heather. I'm a Midwestern girl, born and raised, born in Missouri, grew up, or sorry, not born in Missouri, born in Iowa, grew up in Missouri, <laughs> went to school in Indiana, and now I live in Chicago. Um, my start in entrepreneurship started pretty early. I used to sell little clay figurines on the playground uh, and later my own like original artwork till I would inevitably get busted by the teachers for uh, accepting money from my classmates. So <laughs> um, I grew up uh, in kind of a lower socioeconomic class. And so a lot of my career decisions up until frankly were based on the decision to, and like the path to finding financial stability and later financial independence. Um, so I feel really fortunate to have this opportunity now to work with Jane on a venture of our own that we are pursuing because we care about it and we think it's a real need in the world and not because I need a paycheck. Yeah. And I love that because I think the root of doing what you love is that you have passion for it. Um, Jane, you have a very relatable Asian American <laughs> upbringing where you're supposed to do all the right things. And, and Heather, I can relate from 
um, from a mon money scarcity standpoint, growing up in that way, you kind of are always looking for security, but you guys wound up here anyway, which is so fabulous. And, and really it is because you're bringing to market something that you truly believe in, which we love. So tell us actually more about how you guys met, um, which I suppose was business school, you mentioned Jane, and then um, how frankly apparel came to be from an idea to something real. Um, so Heather and I met at Stanford. We were both in law school housing for various reasons. Her because she had a dog named Rizzo and me because I had a partner. And so while most people were in Stanford GSB housing, we were probably one of the like 20 something that were like relegated to this other housing about 10 minutes away. Um, and so we became friends because Heather posted, I think, a photo of something that she cooked. And I was like, oh, wow, I got to be friends with this girl because there's free food upstairs and so you know I started just like sliding into her DMs being like OMG that looks so good um and so we started becoming friends like that and then I also babysat her dog a couple of times and so now me and Rizzo are great friends and so you know Heather can talk a little bit about like you know our startup garage journey but you know we worked on a couple of class projects together and we really liked working with each other um and so we decided to take this class called Startup Garage. Yeah I think that it's uh, kind of a rare thing in this world to be able to spend a lot of time with a single person and just continue to get along and not really hit any snafus. And that's kind of how Jane and I were from the start. We ended up spending a lot of our time together, doing a lot of our class projects together and our working styles, our sense of ethics, et cetera, everything was just seemed really in line. And so when it came time to apply to this class, which is a pretty famous class at Stanford called Startup Garage, a kind of a design thinking style course that helps you start your own venture. Um, Jane and I got together and we were like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe we should do this, uh, but we'll just do it as the thought experiment to see if we even like being entrepreneurs. And, and here we are like 13 months later and uh, now we're working on this full time, but that's kind of how it began. And we actually applied with a totally different tech concept. And then I was interning at Rothy's, the sustainable footwear company over the summer. And I just called Jane and I was like, you know what, our tech idea is fine, but what I really wanna work on is like helping women like me who have big boobs uh, be part of like the braless trend. And Jane was like, oh my gosh, do you, do you think we can solve that? Cause like, I also wanna go braless. And uh, so we, we called our teachers and we were like, never mind, scratch the tech idea. We're gonna do braless clothing. And they were like, okay. <laughs> Are your teachers male? I don't oh, know. Yeah, a lot of male <laughs> teachers. Um, but honestly, the our male teachers ended up being great about it. <laughs> At first, I think they were like a little weird, but Jane and I have learned very quickly that we just start every conversation. Every time we had to present in front of our class, we get up there and be like, all right, guys, we're gonna say the word boobs a lot in the next 15 minutes. So just like be prepared and it kind of lightened the mood and and everybody asked really good questions and was really engaged. I have to say like you guys obviously thought about this before COVID happened but it you, it's a pivotal time right now because how many of us have spent so many days in our house without a bra on and are dreading the day we have to go back to being like normal working professionals like this is a great solution I can't I can't wait for it honestly <laughs> and um I actually had questions so you know you guys mentioned that you're anatomically also like different you have big boobs Jane is obviously of Asian descent <laughs> like do you do your skill sets also complement each other in terms of like what strengths and weaknesses you guys have and how you come together and play together as partners not only strengths and weaknesses I think our interests too which has been just 
a huge blessing. So uh, I handle all of our product and brand marketing. And then Jane handles all of our operations, finance, um, kind of like growth hacking, et cetera. So those are both in line with our backgrounds. I was working in product strategy at Rafi's. I was like a uh, marketing intern for three years um, at a, uh, um, in college. And then I was a consultant and Jane was at Uber and Goldman Sachs. Um, yeah. But Jane, oh, do you wow. want to talk to me more about that? I mean, yeah, honestly, like, so an example of this is like, in terms of the product side, at some point after I touched the 600th fabric, my eyes start glazing and I'm just like, my hands are numb. This all feels the same to me. And so, you know, and sometimes when I'm like, Heather, do you want to see my 600 line financial model? And she's like, not really. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's like, you know, it's been like really great because like, oh, both of us take care of things that like, you know, sometimes might not be as interesting yeah. um, to the other person. But I think on the whole, we generally make most of our decisions together. Um, mm -hmm. It's just like, there's some things that I'm just like, I actually cannot tell the difference. And so, you know, <laughs> your call. Guys, yeah, well, expect to trust each other enough to make the calls one-on-one -on -one if we need to, but it's always like, do you want to have input in this? And if the answer is no, then we're good to go. Cool. And if it is, then we make a decision together. Yeah, no, that's a great marriage of a partnership. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, actually more about like the product and the vision behind Frankly Apparel? Yeah, Jane, you're wearing it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I am wearing it. That's true. I'm wearing the EO bodysuit. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the vision, um, so the vision was really to make the braless trend more accessible to women with a wider range of cup sizes. So if you are going braless and you are an A cup, perhaps your biggest concern is just nipple coverage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but if you're like me, I'm a 32F, um, I have to worry about my boobs moving, uh, having the support that I need because there's like pain, discomfort. And I mean, we all know like the boobs are a sexualized part of the body and there are, uh, mine draw a lot of attention. So just a different set of issues that we were trying to solve for. Um, so we design, we like to say we design our frankly clothing with all of our busty besties in mind. Um, we serve an A cup through a G cup and uh, hope to eventually expand that um, size offering even further. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been really exciting, and the the whole theory is basics are great, uh, but really where women have the most trouble um, wearing a bra is with some of the more fun style driven types of clothing, a low back, an open back, a strappy top, um, and that's where you have to get into like bra substitutes that are even worse than like a normal bra. Um, yes. So as soon as you talk about getting rid of a strapless bra, women are like, okay, yep, I'm in. So, yeah. I've had so many strapless bras in the past and there's gap and like, there's just so many issues and they don't stay up. Like I totally get it. And I love the fact that you guys have a bodysuit as part of your, your range, because I can't tell you like the last time I wanted to wear it, I was definitely concerned. Like the one that I have in my closet, like with my nipples, just like, boop, boop, boop. Um, <laughs> and um, also I think what you mentioned about Rothy's um, and their sustainability is also uh, a, a part of your guys's brand, which I think is so important because obviously with the state of the, the earth and there only being one, I think um, if you guys could speak to that, that would be amazing too. Yeah, I mean, fashion is one of the most wasteful industries. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to do this in a smarter way. So one of the parts of it is um, pre-orders. And so we're gonna be largely a pre-order brand. 
um, we're probably going to have a couple of hero items in stock, depending on, you know, what people really gravitate towards. But by and large, when we're developing styles, you know, like, I think like when a lot of like fashion manufacturers or whoever it is, like, or designers to develop styles, they don't know what's going to work or not. And I think with a pre-order strategy, we're going to have a lot better idea of what colors work, what sizes people want, you know, what styles people are actually going to gravitate towards and what they're willing to pay for. And so instead of having all this guesswork and having a lot of things end up in a landfill, um, we really hope that, you know, by using the strategy, by only making things that we know will sell, um, we're going to be able to like be a lot better for the planet. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think also I was, I was um, creeping on your website, but like one of the things I like loved so much was that um, I think it was one of your statements was like empower women to ask for more starting with what they wear. And I think that's just, I love it. <laughs> we are all about women empowerment at TED Talks. And I think that, you know, this, just this partnership, this discussion that we're having is, is really aligned in both brands. So we appreciate the fact that we can have you guys on. Um, and besides that, I think, you know, you guys are also a very inclusive brand. And um, coming from the retail world, um, I can say that really as a brand, you have a lot of success when what you do is rooted in customer first, right? Like that's like who you have to take care of first and foremost, because they will come back. They will, they will be your word of mouth and they will tell their friends. Um, so with your guys' size range, that's where you're trying to eventually incorporate more. But I know that like from, from A to F, that's like a huge range or A to G. Is that what you said? I'm sorry. A to G. Yeah. That's a huge range. And, um, what, what, what has been the response so far in terms of your guys's, um, you know, different friend groups and, and whatnot? I think it's been, uh, their response has been really good. I think that it's something where, you know, of course, everybody wants it to serve them as well. So we're getting a lot of messages from women who are H cups or K cups. And they're like, we want this too. Can you make this for us? And we're like, trust us, let, like, let us get our, you know, sea legs, let us get our feet underneath ourselves and get through this first collection. And we want to serve you. But I think the number one priority for us is making sure that we do right by our customers. Um, because women have been burned so many times before, like, it's crazy, like asking, empowering us to ask for more. It's crazy that like fashion just designs for a B cup. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we wanna make sure that our solutions work for women, that they are not burned by our products. So once we get this right, then we can expand and, and get the next set of things right. Um, but yeah, people are excited. Yeah, and that's really like the smart thing to do too. You don't wanna chew off too much um, before you kind of get the base level. Correct. And, you know, you spoke a little bit like, so I would say that's a challenge, you know, you don't, you, you can't serve everybody first, right? But like, what other challenges have you guys encountered? And have there been any that have been female specific that, you know, your gender has played a role in? I think in the beginning, honestly, even these conversations, like when we had conversations with like possible investors at school, um, you know, everybody was super respectful, but the question that we got over and over again is, how is this different than what's on the current, like currently on the market? And we were like, literally, cause it's braless, like <laughs> it's braless. And so like, they'd be like, yeah, but how is that different? And then I was just like, I don't even know like what to say anymore. Oh, explain this. Then, yeah. And so I'm just like, we're going down this path of explaining all the hacks women currently do for like all of their wardrobe and being like talking about sticky boobs, which a lot of them had never heard of before. And so I think because like, we're two women doing a very female centric product. Like, you know, that's definitely been a challenge. We always joke that, you know, if we made 
made like underwearless pants like we'd probably get funded very quickly um but yeah like it's just like something that we've thought about a lot like but you know we feel so strongly about this that we're like it's okay like eventually they'll get it like or they can go ask a woman in their lives and like you know by and large everyone's been very like kind it's just like there's not that immediate like click in their head that a lot of women have yeah. And I, I read a stat recently that said something like in 2019, there was only like 2.8% of the billions of dollars that were invested in VC funding that went toward women. And, and that sadly was an increase on the 2.2% from 2018. So it's, it's crazy. And I was just on another conference call this morning where somebody else happened to be talking about that same Thing. And she's like, it's crazy because it's so men driven and they are challenging you on things that they have no idea. Like, like she was a jewelry business and she was saying somebody in the room was telling her women don't buy jewelry for themselves. And she's a woman. She knows. right? <laughs> like, so she was just talking about how challenging it was. And I mean, yeah, that's crazy that you guys had to go through that as well. Is, are there any other particular challenges that come to mind or even highlights? Share with us the good news. Uh, the good news has been the response. Um, I think, so we launched, we officially launched last week and we launched on Kickstarter in part because um, we just wanted to see how customers would respond to it. I think Jane and I actually enjoy for the most part being bootstrapped founders um, and retaining like complete control over how we serve our customers. Um, but it was awesome. In, within five hours, we ha had raised almost $30,000 um, for our product. And and that's crazy. So um, we're really excited about the response and excited to get our clothing in customers' hands. But we can definitely see that it's resonating. And having people come to you and be like, can you make this in a petite or a tall or you know, in a larger cup size just means more and more people want it. Um, so that's good. Yeah. yeah, that there's a demand. And what you guys are doing truly does represent what women out there want. I think that's so awesome also that you guys did the Kickstarter for that very reason, because a lot of times in retail, we, we use data, right, to kind of guess what the customer wants. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily apply. But in this case, you're literally getting the, the actual demand for what the customer wants. Do they want the dress? Do they want the bodysuit? Do they want the whole package? So I think that's awesome. Um, in terms of, um, I guess, like now that you've gone through this journey, and did you say it's been about 14 months? 13, 14 months? That's about right, yeah. Yeah. Like what, if anything, would you tell yourself if you could at the beginning of the journey that you know now or to another budding entrepreneur? Like what's your advice, I guess? I was actually thinking about this a lot today because someone asked me about this. I think a lot of times when, um, you know, you hear an idea for the first time, like every idea sounds kind of crazy until you actually have someone do it. And so for like one of the examples I think of is like Swell. Swell's an amazing product. But if someone came up to you and was like, hey, Tilo, I got this really cool water bottle for you. It keeps water cold for 12 hours and it's $40. Um, oh, but I'll make it really pretty. Like, do you want this? Like, you know, in the beginning, everybody would probably be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But like, she got it to like $100 million in revenue. And like, I have like many, many Swell water bottles. But if someone pitched me that idea, yeah, exactly. If someone pitched me that idea in the beginning, I probably would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, why would anybody ever pay $40 for that? Um, and so, you know, I think it's really like, until you do the experiments and like really figure out, like, does this have like some kind of product market fit? Does this idea resonate with people? Like, you don't really know what's going to work until you try it. 
And so I would probably say, you know, like make the leap if you really see like the data and the numbers and like something or like even like the emotional response people have, like those are really good indicators um, for like entrepreneurship, I think. I totally agree that, yeah, inertia is so strong and getting started is half the battle. I think the big thing for, for me in terms of entrepreneurship specifically is I think you, uh, I think you should start, but I also think that you should be really thoughtful about it. So take the time for introspection, take the time to understand what brings you energy and what doesn't, because you'll be doing everything in this business. And so <laughs> understanding how you're going to spend your time and knowing that this is an idea that not only do you think and believe that it has a chance to be a success, but it's something that you personally want to spend the next five or 10 years of your life on. Um, I think that's a, a big decision to make and it's hard to build a successful company in a year or two years. Anybody can do anything for two years, but 10 years is like a different story. So, so really think about that before you start. Yeah. And is this like something you guys feel like you want it to be a legacy and you pass it on to your children? Have you guys thought that far? <laughs> um, thought that far. I don't know if Heather's thought that far, but I was like, I'm just trying to survive till next week slash tomorrow on some level also, but I'm still really happy. So I was like, let's keep going. <laughs> you know, we, we can relate because, you know, back in January, we had this idea, oh, let's launch a podcast. Right. So we're like, oh, great idea. And then you come to doing it and you're all of a sudden like, oh my God, I have to think of another caption. I have to think of these hashtags. I have to create these social media assets. Like shoot me, you know, but, but, <laughs> but you do love it in the end. Like we all, I can speak for all of us and say that we love connecting with other people and we love like just even having like conversations like this. So I totally can relate to what you're saying there. And you really do have to love what you're doing to, to make it through the, the days where there's downs, you know, to, to make up for all those positives. So I mean, we really thank you guys so much for sharing all those little nuggets of wisdom and sharing your journey. Is there anything else you would want to say about Frankly Apparel or share with our listeners before we close it out? I think you covered it. If anybody ever wants to talk um, about the fashion industry or what it's like to be a female founder, I think women empowerment is a big part of our brand, but it's also just a really important part of Jane and I's ethos. Um, so we're always happy to have conversations um, with, with other women trying to get into the space. Um, and yeah, just share anything we can to help you succeed. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I wish we had more time to talk because I'm personally invested in your journey. You guys mentioned that um, <laughs> that you had the Kickstarter going. So um, I personally pledged to get the bodysuit and I actually think I, I chose that sage color that you're wearing. <laughs> and I'm so, I was, I was tracking it when it started and I'm so happy that it kicked off with so much fanfare for you guys. You guys have really been such a success so far where um at this point because um just for our listeners in case they don't know it is actually closing on thursday november 12th is that correct that's when the campaign is going to end so um with you guys hitting your initial goal like where are you guys now in the process and what are you guys working towards now jane do you want to talk about our stretch goals sure um, so we have two stretch goals so our first stretch goal is at 50k and it's for an additional color um, our backers are voting on what color it is. Um, and so for the Eva bodysuit and also for the Rachel Mitty, um, there's two additional colors that people are voting on. And 
a lot of people's favorite, the Charlie dress, um, is unlocked at 75k. So hopefully we get there and we get to give everybody the Charlie dress. I love it. We are wishing the best for you guys. Can you guys actually share for us how our listeners can find you, like your website, the Kickstarter, your social handles? Definitely. So our website is franklyapparel.com. And the same thing for all social media. We're on pretty much every platform at this point at Frankly Apparel. And if you want to hit our Kickstarter, it's frankly.uno slash tiktoks um and you you, if you can't find it that way you can always just go into kickstarter and search frankly and we're the only frankly braless clothing on the site so it shouldn't be too difficult (laughs) easy to find and i like i have to say i love that we're tiktoks and we're talking about (laughs) your brand It's like we were tailor-made for each other. Exactly, right? <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you both on, and I really enjoyed your our chat. Um, thank you so much, Heather and Jane. We are so proud to feature you guys and spread the good word about Frankly Apparel to our listeners. We're wishing you incredible success for the rest of your Kickstarter, and we're looking forward to your launch at the beginning of next year, March, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So here at Talks, it has always been our mission to connect with other modern women through the lens of our own experiences. So we hope this episode has resonated with you. As always, we would love to hear from you. So please head over to iTunes to give us that five-star review or send us some feedback at tittalks at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at tit underscore talks at Instagram. Thank you again, ladies. It was a pleasure and we will talk soon. (laughs) Bye. For having us. like to give credit to our husbands without their support on this project um, it would not be possible on top of that we'd like to thank our technical crew um, music production by baby daddy beats and graphic design curated by kano imamura and also i'd love to thank all of you guys co-executive producers all four of us you know this is our baby so thank you guys